So close your guys' eyes and imagine uh, it's a sort of like post-apocalyptic sort of uh, f- industrial future, mm-hmm. and it's a bunch of gamers, and they're all like, there's actual literal chains that are connecting them to their big heavy consoles. Sure. And uh-huh. they're all, and a big man is yelling at them to keep gaming, keep gaming, but they can't move because of all the chains that they're connected to. Are people to. playing Donkey Konga drums to like maintain the pace of the market? It's heavy drums, heavy peripherals, thanks to us. But then there's a big plate, I should have mentioned the whole time there's a big plate glass window of the aforementioned chains and the big consoles and Kaz Harai smashes through that big window and he's holding the Sony Cloudboy 360. And, and wait, wait, just to be clear, the, the system itself is about five inches wide but the antenna is about eight feet tall it's a yeah. huge it's wild. It's a huge okay. radio antenna uh he uses that to the big antenna to kill the big man uh and then light shoots out of the sony cloudboy 360 and explodes all the chains so that's my commercial i love it let's get it made My name is Justin McElroy, and I can see deep into the future of gaming. My name's Griffin McElroy, and when I put on this hat, it shows me visions of gaming future. My name is Christopher Plant, and the crystal ball knows all. My name is Russ Frutchick, and I know the best game of 3031. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Besties, where we discuss the latest and greatest in video gaming. It's like a video game book club that goes all year long, except we've taken a break from that well-established formula to talk about uh, our games of the year previously and uh, this week we're actually before we get back into our regular groove next episode we're gonna do a little bit of uh, prognosticating oh boy into the future witchery of video game yes a sin against god in the name of Mario, <laughs> uh, we're going to look into the future of gaming, and we're going to talk about one sort of what we're looking forward to, and then uh, in the second half, we're going to make bold, incredible predictions. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm looking at Griffin's prediction. I just my eyes glance down to Griffin's prediction, and it's very powerful. You're going to feel forward. a. Sh- Ashamed of your laughter when you hear what I have to say about my prediction. So very true prediction. Now, Russ, I do want to discuss something very briefly before we go into this. We each were supposed to list in the run in a, the rundown for the show a game that we're looking forward to in 2020. Mm. And you put in some placeholder games, just kind of. Were they placeholders, it. or were they very accurate? Uh, They're just kind of, no. Well, let's talk about that because okay. you kind of put in a game for each of us that you thought we might be looking forward to, mm-hmm. and the game that you listed for me. Justin McElroy, your friend of a decade, was Gears Tactics. Are you fucking high? I have not completed a Gears of War game for 10 years, and now because it's slower and more boring, I'm going to nut over it. Are I you basically high, Russ? That was preventing you from doing it, was I thought before you couldn't get into Dom's, basically, like his family Oh, I'm drama. into Dom's. I'm not into Gears of War. It's yeah, different. Yowza. You know he prefers that Funko Pop shit, Russ. That's true. Yes, that's, that's true. my whole thing. 
I'm sorry, Justin. Uh, for, uh, I, uh, that was a long miss. I thought an AI had generated it. Not my dear friend, Russ Frush. Oh, I should mention this episode is brought to you by Gears Tactics. <laughs> when, when you've got to be slow and your armor's got to be big, it's got to be Gears Tactics. Well, Justin, why don't you talk about the game that you are actually... This isn't uh, the order of sin, Griffin. I won't do this. I won't do this. There's I mean, no I made way. the order up. It was arbitrary. Cyberpunk. That's mine. Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk is a new game from the what's it? Witcher fellas, <laughs> the Witcher people. CD Projekt Red. They gotta change it though. It doesn't mean anything. They gotta change it. To it's something a CD. Better. No, let's break it down. They got a CD. They're yeah. working on it. And it's, it's a red CD. It sounds like how my like my grandpa would refer to games development. <laughs> oh yeah, my my grandson, he's he's uh he's making one of them CD projects. <laughs> the Witcher's just I am very much looking forward to this game, but I am not necessarily I think it has the faintest hint. Uh, I think okay, I think it will probably be great. I'm really looking forward to it. I love the uh I, I think it'll be so cool to see what they do with a different setting, a different point of view. Uh, I love the idea that there's going to be so much depth and talk all the story we, talk stuff. Talk for people that don't know what Cyberpunk 2020 is real quick. I don't know. If, I've if only kind of watched the commercials, but it looks cool. It's like <laughs> got uh, Keanu Reeves in it. And just looks cool as shit. I don't know. I try not to look too deep. April 16th, 2020. We're going to be joining Keanu on his adventures. I would say it's sort of played in first person perspective as V, a mercenary whose voice and hairstyle and body type are all customizable. And there's different stats you could do. Uh-huh. And he's got arm blades and he can climb walls. Well, that's cool. He's got arm blades and he can climb walls. This is all off the dome, right? You're definitely this is not reading something. Um, there are the open world metropolis, Night City, California, consists of six regions. The corporate center, immigrant inhabited Watson. Okay, Wikipedia. God, there's probably other features. Okay. I don't know why that's the... It's going to be cool. It's like an open world RPG, but it's like it's just exactly like Witcher 3, but with uh, but car, like cyber... But with arm, with arm blades. Do you like... I, I've never known you to be a big Witcher head. No, juice. thank God. They're putting away the swords and they're putting them in people's arms and no more of this fantasy <laughs> bullshit. Witcher, <laughs> Witcher 3... I definitely like, much like every, every game critic, I adored Witcher 3. I thought it was a high water mark. Didn't quite get to the finish line on it. Did kind of bail two-thirds two of the in? way through, but like, what an accomplishment. And this one is going to be better because it's kind of like future stuff, and I like that better than fantasy stuff. I think it's really neat. It all aesthetically looks great. Um, Johnny uh, Keanu Reeves plays Johnny Silverhand, uh, and I'm very excited about this game. I will say this: I think, and I'm not. I don't know. And tell me if I'm wrong, because I, I, this is like literally just based on like sense. It feels like the faintest hint of a chance of debacle. Like it might just <laughs> barely be like right. Do you guys get that vibe? Yeah, Whenever yeah, things yeah. are like super grandiose in vision and scope, I start to get that little bit of like mm, in the wind, maybe. There's a chance of debacle. I mean, they did nail whatever whether you liked it or not. They did nail The Witcher 3, so they know how to do an open world game, but I will say it does feel like I don't think it would be a um like feature problem or a gameplay problem necessarily, I could very easily see it being being like a technical disaster just oh. because it seems like very ambitious what they're doing um, and it is a very big game. I also think they might just 
constantly delay it until next year or 2021 for that matter. So I would like, feel this way probably about anything that's super interesting and and far reaching, right? Like I it's it's just the idea that like ooh, I don't know, maybe there's like a chance and that's what makes yeah. it cool partially is like I don't think we've had something like this for a long time. I mean, even Deus Ex is not like the sort of scale in any way that they are talking about. It's basically about like that third game. Batman movie. Like you feel like, well, they've done this before. They could probably nail this. And then that third Batman movie came out. I was like, oh, well, or alternatively, it could be the second Batman movie, right? which was sure. extremely good. Right? This, this is their. This is essentially, uh, you know, for, for all intents and purposes, like their sophomore sort of project. The first being like the Witcher series, which they cut their teeth on. By cut their teeth on, I mean like this is that was the series where they sort of came to prominence in the games industry. And by Witcher three, they'd hit a critical mass, and everybody like knew who they were. And now it's like, okay, that was the thing that you built your house upon. Like, let's see the let's see the house. I'm I'm super super excited. I think that this game's gonna be fantastic. To Justin's point, though, the demos, especially the most recent three demo, I wouldn't say they were received well um, entirely unanimously. They were controversial. I, I don't think, uh, so far, it doesn't seem like they are nailing representation in the best ways possible. Um, and I think that's the thing that they didn't have to worry about as much with Witcher 3, where it was like, I don't know, fantasy, yeah, white people. <laughs> it also doesn't look super fun, but we'll see. <laughs> Who wants to go next? I'll go. Speaking of games that look super fun, and have I have a lot of confidence in this being a good game, and, and we'll be like, internally crushed if it is not it is ori and the will of the wisp how do they fuck this up like i I don't know i don't know know. it's from the company that brought you gears tactics (laughs) (laughs) ori and the will of the wisp is a sequel to ori and the blind forest okay um which was a metroidvania that came out uh i want to say like three or four years ago spectacular game i'm sure we talked about it on the podcast because at the time when it came out, it was my favorite Metroidvania I had ever played. Um, it is now number two behind Hollow Knight, but really a spectacular game, a game that actually like managed to combine like incredible art with incredible gameplay with incredible like heart moving story. Like I was just very emotionally invested in the story, which almost never happens in Metroidvania games. And so now they are making a sequel. Here's the thing about the sequel. I don't know anything about it apart from the fact that it's made by this team that made an incredible game the first time around. And the twisted minds behind brute force. <laughs> Microsoft. Um, yes. I guess it's probably an internal team at Microsoft, it's, right? It's, it's moon, not like, it's moon moon studios. I don't know if they've been. Yeah. I don't know if they, they got bought, the but Oh, I guess it came out on PC too eventually. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I, I just really dig on Metroidvanias. I talked a lot about them previously and I think that one of the areas that it's like a little hit or miss with them is like art and story. And again, the first game just like nailed it so hard- hardcore. I don't know what I would be looking for necessarily in this apart from just like more and bigger. Um, maybe I, I guess if I were to critique the first game, I would say it was a little too linear. Like it kind of like held you by the nose to like direct you to where to go. But some people like that. So I don't know. I'm like torn, but I'm like super pumped. It's the kind of game I'm going to play the second it comes out. My prediction is second character that no one likes as much that isn't as fun to play. <laughs> the Blind Forest. That's here's playable. Oh, here comes Zane. He's a moody <laughs> raccoon. Hey, what's up? This forest is crazy, man. Oh, you can shoot fire out of your legs. That's cool. Is he wearing overalls with like one of them like undone? He's got one. Yeah, he's he's going to be wildly out of place. 
He's vaping also the whole time, and that's bad. That's a good segue for yours, Griffin, because talking animals. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, I am. Uh, after talking about that, though, Russ, I kind of want to change mine to Silk Song, the new Hollow Knight oh. jam, because God, I can't wait for that. To yeah, dog. But uh, no, mine is uh, surprising nobody. Animal Crossing: New Horizons coming out on the Switch. It is a game that I just will occasionally Google it now, like once a week, just to see like what kind of hot new features people are plucking from screenshots from like international Nintendo Twitter accounts. And it's like, they've got knees. These villagers have <laughs> knees now. Holy shit. Wait, do the knees bend? Uh, the knees, I don't know if they bend or not. They are. They may just be cosmetic It's just knees. a line. It's just a little... And you can, it's a line, <laughs> and you can get loot boxes with new knees in them. Uh, and there's customizable noses now, and the peaches are different. Now they look more like peaches. Uh, one of the Sprouse twins tweeted a screenshot of all the new fruits in Animal Crossing New Horizon and said something like, I would risk everything for that peach. And I thought that was a very funny, very funny it, tweet. It does occur <laughs> to me, yeah, they never looked like peaches. What no, was that they didn't. driven they looked by? Sort of, they looked like hats. They look like, anyway, It's this doesn't matter. <laughs> I am so excited for this game. I, I, played, um, I played New Leaf uh, for a very, very long time, uh, sort of on and off for a, like a couple of years. I remember the E3, like when it first came out, like trading furniture with mm. everybody, just trying to get like a full set and, and investing a lot into that town. It's it's like, this is super my aesthetic. Like this is my, the, the life sim genre is, is my favorite type of game and Animal Crossing does it better than uh, any of them. I love what the chill, relaxed What other life sim genres do you play though? Uh, I mean, Stardew Valley. I mean, okay. that's its own sort of thing, right? Like it's a, it's a, it's similar uh, farming sort of situation, but the, the, nobody does the like real time, aspect of uh animal crossing that really makes it feel super special and the the idea of it being on switch like since switch was like first announced i was like oh my like an animal crossing is perfect for that being able to you know drop it on the tv and then play like local multiplayer on tv and then you know hop off and take it on the road is perfect the switch for me is like ideal for that type of game that i can just have on there like have downloaded on there like and i can return to i've been playing uh, slay the spire a lot like mm-hmm. slay the spire will never leave my switch because it's a game that i just like i feel a certain comfort just like having it there and knowing that it's there that i can return to and animal crossing is is that and everything that they've announced about new horizons just looks absolutely fantastic and uh what's the achilles heel what do you think is the best chance of them uh, fucking it up. <laughs> I mean, the online services, yeah. uh, Nintendo has proven time and time again that they're not especially great at that. Uh, but, like, New Leaf had okay, like, New Leaf, if you were uh, 3DS friends with somebody, it would, like, show you whenever they logged on. Like, you would get a little a little flash anytime somebody hopped on an Animal Crossing. Like, if they take a step back from that, I guess it would be bad. Like, I don't think that... I, it would be pretty hard to fuck Griffin up Griffin just laughed as though Nintendo taking a step back in an online service <laughs> is com- the wildest thing. That's fair. They're also doing something new with the crafting stuff, uh, which I know some like fans of the franchise are a little bit hesitant about. It doesn't seem... It just seems like a new sort of vector to get uh, furniture or customizable stuff for your town, but it is like, you know, a new thing and... Should- People should we be change. at all concerned about the fact that they royally fucked up the mobile version? That, the, that the, really burned the enthusiasm for me on this game. And I know they're totally, totally different, and I shouldn't let one influence the other, but I was so hyped for the the Switch game, and then that mobile the version. The mobile. 
Yeah, it's its own, but it's they have they have proven that it's like wildly its own ecosystem. Like regardless of what you think about Fire Emblem Heroes, like it had no impact on Three Houses. True. So like, I feel pretty confident that it ain't going to touch Animal Crossing because I think that they there are a, a few franchises that they treat sort of core releases for as like fairly sacred, and yeah. I think that I, I I think Animal Crossing having not been out since what twenty thirteen or what was it even before that I can't remember. It, like I, I, I don't think that they're gonna. They're, I joke. They're not gonna have loot boxes with knees in them. Like it's, it's. Uh, well, they also had that weird Wii U spinoff. That like, yeah, they had the. They, well, they had Happy Home Designer for 3DS, and then they had the uh, Amiibo Festival. Uh, or don't I think that's mess what it, with what it's it, called. guys. You know yeah. what you're doing. Just have a yep. raccoon who's a jerk. That's Just all have you a need. Raccoon who's a jerk. Hey, the raccoon is not. Uh, I think Tom Nook gets a. A bad, a bad rap. That's true. He doesn't charge you interest, which does yeah, seem very. It's generous. like when I when I got my when I bought a house, like, and they were like, "Here's how much the house costs." I wasn't like, "Okay, dick." <laughs> Y'all, can I tell you about my game? Yes, yes, yeah. please. Game I'm most excited for, uh, Half Life Alex, which is not a, a a true sequel. It's a VR game set in the Half Life universe. I think it follows up on episode two kind of but it's not the official conclusion i don't know if we'll ever get I, that I, they I thought it was a, a prequel yeah they've that. said prequel yeah. that's the okay yeah. so you were certainly not getting closure but that's okay no. because that's not what i'm excited for i'm excited because valve is making a single player campaign again for the first time in uh, like 12 13 how many years forever yeah it's, it's been, been a long, long time, time right yeah um and they they're using lots of talented people they they just accumulate but then seem to never allow you to do much uh like the campo santo team who did firewatch and you know what this game better be good because we're not getting that that firewatch follow-up uh because they are busy with this or at least we're not getting anytime soon so I'm, i'm excited about that i'm excited to see what a vr killer app looks like like uh it looks like they're borrowing from lots of good things like stop talking and everybody explodes and budget cuts the way the the game's interface is it's first person but you have uh effectively like a nintendo power glove that has your health on it and all of your ui uh and it feels like you're like very very tactile yeah lone echo did something similar and it Really yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. There's 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 a ton of games who are like experimenting with like endemic sort of uh, UI like that. Yeah, and I think there's this like nice kind of narrative of Half Life Two got Steam off the ground. That you know Steam wouldn't necessarily be what it is today if Half Life Two hadn't launched shortly after it mm-hmm. and got everybody excited about it. And maybe that's what this is for VR. That yeah. said, I don't know because. Holy cow! It's going to cost a ton of money to play this game. Yeah, the like, required specs are absolutely insane. The, yeah, the minimum specs are intense. Um, Is he going to work like, on Quest? No, uh, almost certainly not. Big no. No. Maybe I mean, if you maybe like with plug the, it maybe in. with the link the the link cable like hooked up to a a, a beefy rig. Yeah. But you, but, I think you need basically a graphics card that was like from the last year and a half or something. Um, and a shitload of memory. I mean, forget about it. At least yeah. two USB sticks worth of memory. Yeah. The Quest thing is a bummer because I feel like that's the best opportunity for <laughs> for uh, wide penetration, like critical mass for VR. Yeah, um, it, and it, and it seems like if those two aligned, it would be 
a net positive for VR in general. Like, that's does. never been Valve's. That's never been Valve's priority. Like right. Valve's, but the the index has always been like this is for the this is where the real gamers play. Yeah, but they didn't make it exclusive. I mean, they could have. That's fair. Yeah, I I love the quest. Don't get me wrong, but I I do think in certain cases when games are specifically made with the quest in mind. Uh, it does take a pretty significant dive because it's capable of specific things that most, you know, it just needs to be pretty low impact. Um, Star Wars, the Vader game, for example, is yeah. like a cool game. I had a lot of fun with it, but it's very clearly like they pulled a lot of punches to make it work on there. And even if you're playing on like an Oculus normal, it's not like it turns into like a gorgeous visual splendor thing. Why did they name it Oculus Normal? I've been wondering <laughs> that. It's, like not, a it's not in slam. any way a good, yeah. good name. I like it. Hey, let's Oculus go. Uh, let's go before we uh, tear open the fabric of space time and peer into the future. Uh, let's go to a, a quick break. This episode of the Best These is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their Aura frames, and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now... You can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track, and especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want, get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com 
rocketmoney.com slash besties. rocketmoney.com slash besties. You go get a phone. You just want a phone. Talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution, save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month? Say bye to your overpriced wireless plan's jaw-dropping monthly bills. The unexpected overages sound familiar? To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Uh, we are back, and we're ready to crack open this crystal ball drink the goo inside and gain its incredible powers as i want to know that thing that they use where they crack eggs into a bowl and then they look in the eggs and that tells the future oh it's yeah um, i saw the most recent bon appetit video where they were trying to uh make pizza rolls (laughs) and then they accidentally saw the the meteor that was going to strike the earth Uh, nixon's back uh, yeah Russ, uh, tell me about 2020. What's going to happen? Give, okay. me, give me your big prediction. My big prediction is the rise of boutique hardware. Um, okay. And and why this is sort of uh, instigated is by this new handheld that is coming out. It's called the Analog Pocket. Uh, this is made by the folks at Analog, predictably, who have made a number of consoles previously, basically for like ultra nerds that have a lot of old NES games and want to play those NES games on like an HDMI connection. But the analog pocket is a new handheld that they're making basically an, an ode to the like GBA era of handhelds uh, where you'll be able to play all these like retro games in this like really nicely created, you know, it looks like it looks like a Game Boy Color kind of in terms of design, but like really it looks like an end. Apple, an Apple Game Boy Color, an Apple Game Boy Color. Exactly. Um, and this that era is the era. I don't know if it's because of what age I was when that happened, but that's the era I keep like thinking back to with the most fondness. I think about those Castlevania games that came out. I think about those Zelda games that came out. I have just like such an effect uh, affection for that era of handheld gaming. And for whatever reason, Nintendo is like not putting those games on the switch ever. Um, and I want like an outlet to like play all the great Fire Emblem games that came out from that era. So, like, this seems like a really good uh, way to, like, reboot those games. How is this a how is this a vision of the... I think you looking at the commercial for the analog pocket <laughs> and okay, saying he, that that is a vision of... That's a fair, the, fair critique. I think this will genuinely be the start of something where we see a lot of um, 
enthusiasm for these kinds of boutique uh, handhelds. So it's already happened an- too. I, I don't even think it's just the handhelds, right? Like there's so there's there's a growing boutique market around converters for yeah. like Dreamcast HDMI converters or boutique soldering, you know. The upgrades effectively yeah, to older yeah. consoles like this. that make them more playable today. What's that? We're also seeing. I mean, um, I think you could lump in if you wanted to, to to look like more of a trend. You could maybe lump in Panic's thing, the uh, the crank, the, yeah, the play date uh, that that made such a splash earlier in 2019, back in May. Um, a lot of people seemed excited about about that, um, and it might end up being something worthwhile who knows okay so i'll go to the next point which is my point that everybody laughed at and thought was so funny but now i'm going to explain it and you're going to think wow actually griffin Uh, that makes me think let me read what it says here okay and then you can Mm -hmm. elaborate it says next gen is here for number four the gamers next gen is here for the gamers i want to walk everybody back in time to the E3 presentations surrounding the launch of the Xbox One and, to a lesser extent, the uh, PlayStation 4. Uh, particularly, I want to hone in on the Xbox One and Xbox 360. Microsoft's been banging this drum for a while now, but Xbox One, it got particularly egregious. Do y'all remember, even fucking Wii U had a TV remote. Everybody was like, it's more than just games now. Now it's baseball on your television. <laughs> this is more than just games. Now you can stream the latest movie, like Fantastic Four with Jessica Alba. <laughs> you can change the television volume with the power of your yelling voice. It's going to be the future of <laughs> yeah. entertainment the, and homes. The Xbox Yell- One presentation was like over an hour long, and I think it had like four or five minutes of video games in it. And like one of those minutes was that dog from Call of Duty, and everything else was like UFC apps. <laughs> UFC, yell, uh, yell. Oh, connect show me big men fighting and hurting and then it would show you UFC fights on it and that is so cool and did I tell you about the Fantastic Four movie you can watch on PlayStation it's good to be so much fun and great uh, and all of that stuff is gone the Connect Microsoft was like we tried little Connect, but you, it's time to die now whoopsie uh, and the Wii U I mean, that was a badass television remote. We can all agree that they crushed that one. Uh, and I am wondering, I'm not wondering, I am putting my flag in the ground and saying that when we, next E3 is going to be a wet and wild one for uh, Sony and Microsoft when they uh, talk about the, you know, the hot new shit. And the grand, I, the grand finale, you mean the series finale of E3. Of E3. Uh, is it? I, I'm wondering what the opposite of that kind of presentation is going to be. What the opposite of like this is a this is a TV remote that you can watch Jessica Alba on, and like how do you go so hard in the opposite direction? I, I think we already saw that with the PS4 Pro and Xbox One X era, uh, and then like even like publishers like Bethesda did it, where they came to E3 and they actually supplicated before like the ire of Gamergate. And I mean, last year, Bethesda had that video where it was like all of the developers just like direct to camera saying, 
Thank you so much, fans, for all of your incredibly harsh feedback on Fallout <laughs> Thank 76. Thank you, the gamers. Thank you so much for hating us and reminding us of how awful we are and sending us those threats. Oh, thank you. You're so good, gamers. I want the more benign, like, Super Nintendo era, like, somebody fucking skateboarding into the TV <laughs> and being, like, now they're hanging out with Donkey Kong. Like, that level of, like... Uh, somebody like sitting in front of their TV and actually being blown backwards by the force of the gaming coming out at them. <laughs> you just trashed the Xbox One announcement and you're somehow forgetting that what you described literally happens in that where somebody holds up a skateboard deck to the connect and then a, a skateboard gets thrown into the video game. Yeah, I want that, but for real this time. I don't want <laughs> okay, any more fucking gamers. phony baloney marketing lies. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to share something more positive because I know Justin, this is going to be really just <laughs> the apocalypse. Oh, I'm excited for Justin's. Oh, wait, can I ask one thing? Do yeah. you guys think that the, um, new consoles, just while we're talking about it, are they, do you find them sort of depressingly unambitious? So, okay. That's, that's related to what I'm was going to chat about. Oh, perfect. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. So I, I think, um, I think Justin's inspired idea of uh cloud gaming boy, uh, with an eight inch or eight foot antenna, that cloud gaming will change how we play games uh, in the next generation. But I don't think it's going to be just for how everybody assumes. I don't think it's going to be like, oh, great, now I can play my vid games wherever I want, just like a Kindle. I think it's going to be, uh, oh, now it's going to sound actually boring. I think it's going to be data, y'all. I think they're going to use AI and deep learning from all the data that's going into cloud gaming and they're going to start figuring out things based off of how people play. So in the past, you had to have people QA games with their normal people brains. But now if everything we do in a video game is fired back into the cloud and they can harvest all that data, then companies can figure out like, oh, here is how the majority of people experience a game second to second. Anytime a character goes up to a door, they're always going to open it. We don't need a button for that anymore because we know uh, if people approach a door this way, it's just going to automatically open. That's a really boring version of it. But I think that deep learning is going to make it much, much easier to play video games. So I ask, gaming. what yeah. is the difference between learning and deep learning? Learning is what humans do. Deep learning is what robots do. Because <laughs> what? It's, better in every, it's better in every way. Yeah, it's, it's just better in every way. It's deeper. Have you talked to a robot? They're very smart. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that will, I, I don't even know what that looks like, but I, I, I think we've seen deep learning be applied to things outside of video games and they're already starting to change how everything works and seeing them applied in virtual worlds will be huge. That is very interesting. I never thought about the idea that like every time you're streaming, oh, I should have, but every time you're streaming a game on like Stadia or whatever, like you are beaming probably not stadia but something else you are beaming literally every input that you make yeah so here's here's why companies like google care about this think about this google photo is useful to google because it taught their computers how to read images not because like oh great we all get free photos right they learned how to read images and now they can sell that back to anybody and now they're going to have an army of people who are playing in virtual 3D spaces, and they're going to learn how humans navigate 3D space. And then they can use that information to build an AI that can help me beat this Destiny 2 raid. <laughs> yeah. Like the rest of these human flesh scrubs. 
Get me a robot, Master Chief. That's, That's what I need. That is terrifying. Mm-hmm. I'm, and I'm, awesome. Fuck yeah. Speaking yeah, of terrifying, the Justin, future. let's try it. Take us into the into the bright future of of yours. I don't, mine's not a bad. I I don't understand why you guys are so dire about this. Well, I, I mean, it's all the it people losing sense. their jobs is sad. <laughs> no, I mean, obviously, yes, that is sad. I was when we were thinking about future stuff, I started thinking like, and then this is a thought I've sort of like had idly a few times. How is GameStop still around? I was like looking at a GameStop yesterday and thinking like, how are y'all still around? I'm going to quick quiz you guys. And this is not a get it right or get it wrong thing. When I started thinking about this, I decided to get some data to try to back up my bullshit. If you compare uh, the the newest like physical versus digital game sales data available is from 2018. So I can compare 2009 to 2018. If you guys had to guess the split between physical and digital in 2009 versus 2018 real quick don't ever think it what would you guess like 15 percent digital in 2009 uh, to whatever 85 percent yeah physical? i would say yeah about that 20 to 80 okay and 20 to 80 and then what would you guess these like in 2018 no no that's what i mean it started digital was 20 in 2009 and now it's in 2018 <laughs> oh, like 80%. it's pretty i mean you're exactly right for 2009 and then 2018 83 percent digital Seventeen uh, percent, and that number, that that physical number, in the past five years has gone thirty-one, twenty-six, twenty-one, seventeen. So you have to imagine in twenty nineteen, you're going to see even lower uh, data. GameStop had a twenty-six percent sales decline year over year in twenty nineteen. They are taking a fucking beating. They lost a dollar in their share. They're down to five. They're trading at five forty right now. I don't know that much about uh, like finance and stock <laughs> shit, but I know it ain't good. In, in it's like uh, lower November twenty fifteen, they were uh, trading at forty six dollars a share. So five dollars a share is a. It's very different than forty six. Yeah, that's a lot lower. This isn't like bear baiting. Like it's it's it is a wild shift in the way that like we we acquire video games and my thinking is this and this is why i'm sort of thinking about it and right now uh i think that that we are entering a very awkward period for game sales because we are sunsetting these old consoles bringing up the new consoles and i just don't think you're gonna see i just don't think you're gonna see like a big physical hit that and you gotta imagine a lot of those physical things are the big mainstream things that are popping off right it's your fifas your call of duties your maddens like things that a lot of people buy that just haven't gotten into the digital space yet and i don't think you're gonna have many of those in 2020 i think it's gonna be really hard for gamestop to stay afloat now okay good news for gamestop and i was looking at this article on the the motley fool about about like ideas for saving gamestop because one they do have like cash on hand it's not necessarily like they're they're like completely broke sure. uh, as I am predicting. Um, but they had a pretty good idea of like, and I think that this is actually why GameStop will close or uh, not close in 2020, but start to shrink stores. The idea of making it a space where like, like, you know how Dick's Sporting Goods is the example they use and Dick's Sporting Goods is like a place where like, if you like sports, it's like fun to go. <laughs> like there's like experiences in the store that make it worth sure. going, batting cages, okay. driving ranges, stuff like that. Like the idea of making it a place where you can come play uh, esports or like hang out with other fellow gamers, you know, as a way to get people into the stores. I think GameStop has mistreated gamers for so long and that is why they will actually well not just gamers they've they've mistreated the industry like the fact that they built the reason they were so successful for the last figure like five ten years ago was because they were abusing the idea of used game sales 
in like a pretty predatory way, not just for gamers, but also for the games industry where they were essentially buying a used game for $5, reselling the same game for $45, that on that resale, they were not giving a cut to the game publisher. So effectively, they are clearing up so much more revenue that doesn't exist anymore because the physical games don't exist. Um, the idea that like, uh, like the fact that most people I know do not have a DVD player in their house is an indication of like, we are past this era predominantly of physical media and um, they, uh, you know, definitely saw the writing on the wall, but I don't think they had any ideas of how to address it. Well, I, I would say two things. First, the, the Motley Fool thing of like, oh, it's going to be a fun place for gamers to hang. That's just a strategy that's being used across retail in general because right. people yes, don't know what to do with retail anymore. Point. So if you go to like Borders or Barnes & Noble, it's like, I don't know, board games are fun. Laser tag like, in Barnes & Noble. We have all this space. <laughs> Please hang out. But the one thing that I would say for uh, people who, I don't know, are interested in investment. <laughs> if you look at like the actual trends of the market for GameStop, and this is where I would say, I, I do think in the long term, they're not well for this world, but the market dips so hard right before new consoles. So like in in uh, before the Xbox 360, it was selling around like $15 per share. And then a year or two into the PS4, PS3, or PS3, uh, 360 area, 57. And then before Xbox One, PS4, it's down to like $20 a share. And then those consoles come up and it's up to 50. So it's low again. But I think when all that hardware comes out, we're going to see, it'll probably be like they call it the dead cat bounce. That like even a dead cat bounces. CNBC up in here. The early adopters of these new generation consoles the, what I'm arguing is that they are not in that 17% of people still buying physical media. Well, they'll buy the and console, like, but... They'll buy the console, yeah. and the margins on those are not great. Right. And they'll buy the consoles, but, like, I'm I'm saying, like, in 2020, if you're an early adopter of one of these consoles, are you going to start building a physical library Probably. for oh, these no. games? The, the, and we're, I don't think we're actually disagreeing, Plant. I think it's, like, not at all. a question of, yeah, of speed. It, I do think that, like, I just don't think the bounce back yeah, is Yeah, and that's be. why I say dead cat bounce, because like, what that refers to is you see the market bouncing, but the company's dead. Yeah. So, like, it, you know, people buy those consoles, people boost their stock on it, and then they'll be like, wait, what did we just do? I also think, I mean, we talked about this, I think, in a previous episode of cloud gaming is going to change this for so many people when, you know, that year two or year three uh, of a console generation where people finally want to play the new Grand Theft Auto and they realize, hey, I can just pay 50 or 60 bucks and play this without getting new hardware. What's that going to do to the console market? I mean, we there's just no precedent for it. There's nothing moving in the good for GameStop no, direction. It's right. all sort of moving in. I want to say, if you're listening to us and you are for GameStop, I I really I don't mean this to sound as callous as it as it probably does to you. I hope for our sakes that uh, we are wrong, uh, for your sake that, that we are wrong, and uh, you have many more years of yeah. of continuing. Anecdotally, I will say, literally two blocks from me, my local GameStop is actively closing it fully shuts its doors at the end of january so and they shut they shuttered 200 stores so anyone that works for gamestop right now i think is well aware of Of, the precarious nature of their current employment situation sorry it sucks i feel bad i worked at babbage's i worked at gamestop yeah like yeah that that is the future wow we've opened the door to the future everybody yay
let's do one more round robin super quick okay how do you think these console launches are gonna go you know the one i'm weirdly like most excited about i don't have an xbox one in this house i everything microsoft has done since i got rid of my xbox one has been like oh okay you guys are starting to you made some good acquisitions you're like you're talking some good game this uh this could be neat. Your uh, console looks like a, you know, a wild uh, New York apartment. Uh, I'm, sized I'm on the block same page. Of- Phil Spencer, I think, is very smart. I don't think like every decision he's made is great, but it takes, I think, about a console life cycle to really figure out what leadership can do. Just because video games move slowly, and especially hardware moves slowly. And the most promising thing about uh, Xbox is Spencer is like effectively on the board i mean he is he is a vp level of the company now which shows that microsoft for the first time truly sees xbox as part of their brand which i mean i don't think people understand this in the past software and hardware were not even united at microsoft the xbox the games and hardware were separate it was wild in the old days like even back like i mean a deck like what maybe not a decade ago a little more recent than that but like it was you would talk to Phil Spencer at one of these things and like you talked to him for five minutes, even as a cynical games journalist, you talk for five minutes about, oh, just got, let this guy run everything like he he was so yeah. excited about act, actually excited about games. He would like be pulling out games on his phone to show you like at a party or something like, oh, you have to see this. You have to check that. like he legitimately gets it in a way that like I think that they're finally sort of respecting and like getting out of the way and just letting uh letting phil be phil also his lieutenants i think are like solid i mean you you speak to so many people across that company and it seems like they know what they're doing the only problem is at the end of the day they are so committed to gears and halo yeah they don't I have guess, the franchises necessarily but and that's what and that's what playstation has right and we have i feel like we don't know until we know what the launch lineup for ps5 looks like like right uh, you know mark cerny out there like it's gonna load so fast that can only get you so horny and for me it's not that horny i need to see you know fucking sly cooper yeah. i need to see his individual hair follicles god, Astro god of war baby. 2 at launch god of war 2 at launch um, yeah, maybe. i do want to mention i think uh, microsoft real quick is god of war 2 i know justin you're very excited <laughs> at launch i think um microsoft is the best positioned to do the like and they've been promising this for 20 years but i they've slowly but surely been making good on it to do the well, you buy games on your PC and you buy games on your Xbox. And this is effectively at this point, a desktop tower. Like it looks like a desktop tower. I think they're going to release it like a desktop tower where I don't know if it'll be expandable necessarily, but certainly like probably close to annually, there's going to be like an, a series Z, whatever the hell the next one is. I wish they'd called it series two. That would have made a lot of shit a lot better. <laughs> See, throwing another X in there is so baffling. Well, it's to not me. even called series x it's just called xbox series x is like a model of the new xbox right but if you're gonna have something on the back of the box that says this runs on series x oh. why not have it say this runs on series two so then when there's a three you can say this runs on three and then just like use that convention because you already yeah. did xbox one whatever i don't care listen <laughs> one more thing i want to say before we move on you know how in gears tactics you're looking at them from above and looking down and controlling all their <laughs> totally. actions yeah they should have called it god of gears of war that would have been yeah, no. a better. That would have been great. <laughs> that would have been so good. So good. Should we wrap up? Yeah. Do you want to do some uh, listener mail? Uh, yeah. We had a few people uh, respond to us on Twitter about what they're excited for. Let's see. Oh, Ben said Doom Eternal, which is very, uh, that, S- I think that would be great. same day as Animal Crossing New Horizons. So you're really scratching both both itches there. Uh, yeah, we we have a lot of people who want Animal Crossing. Uh, 
Daniel at Daniel B tweets. I'm sure everyone's saying Animal Crossing. So let me add to the masses Animal Crossing because it's about time. There are a lot of people who strongly agree with that. Uh, at Soap IE said Silk Song, which I think. Oh, hell yeah. Hollow Knight rep. James Elliott at Symphony Man. The only thing that could make me feel anything again is the Elder Scrolls 6. I'm sorry that That's you probably won't feel to, yeah, anything I'm, for 2020. Enjoy not feeling anything for another <laughs> calendar year. Someone said Horizon Zero Dawn 2. Is that supposed to come out in 2020? Is that happening in 2020? Maybe. What's their, What's the PlayStation big launch game going to be? Uh, uh, God of War 2. No. We just talked about it's it. It's not coming out this year. Yeah, but I already got a demo. Russ, he drank the juice from the ball. Oh, oh, from the egg. Next week, we're going to be talking about Shovel Knight King of Cards. So if you have played it and you have thoughts you want to share or a question about it you want to ask us, you can send that to mail at besties.fan. Russ, do you want to tell people the Spotify thing? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Well, congratulations. If you are listening to this episode, you are already listening on Spotify. You are in the right place. Uh, If you haven't yet, on Spotify, there's a little button that says follow. Click on that. Uh, It'll follow uh, the podcast and let you know whenever there's new episodes coming up. And um, recommend the show to other people. They don't need a premium account or anything, just a free account on Spotify. And uh, we'll be back next week. Right, Justin? That's right, Russ. So until next time, uh, for all of these fellas, my name is Justin McElroy. Be sure to join us again next week for the besties. Because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games? a Spotify original podcast in association with Vox Media. The show is edited by Jelani Carter. And our theme song is by Ian Dorsch. Besties! Besties.